We have now reached 6pm in Wednesday Drive, and you know what that means? What does it mean, team? Demon time! Um, Bones Magazine, if you are not aware, is a magazine that runs out of Radio 191 FM. You can always come up to the Radio 1 Towers and you can grab as many as you want. Why is everyone laughing at me? <laughs> I'm just excited to be talking about Bones. We're, it's because we're all really excited to be talking about Bones. <laughs> um, you can grab it from all sorts of places around the city, but the only place that you know you'll always get it is at Radio 1. So come in during work hours between 9 and 5 any working day of the week. And you can grab a Bones, and it's great. And today, I have arguably resident poet, (laughs) Eliana Gray, on the show. Welcome. It's me. It is you. (laughs) And your section is called Honey. It is. And it has been called Honey for quite some time. Are you one of the OG contributors? I am one of the OG contributors. I think I've been in there since I was overseas for issue one, and then I was back for issue two. And What about the negative issues? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, by ne- okay, so issue... N- okay, so I was overseas for issue negative two. Okay. But then I've had work in it since issue negative one. Wow. Yeah, wow. so I... Integer. 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 Vintage. Integer. Integer. Yeah, I was trying to make a poor manteau, but it didn't really work. <laughs> Resident poet, Eliana Gray. Great because with words. we had Lisa Blakey on the show last fortnight. I hate not being able to say last week. Last show, we had uh-huh. um, Lisa, who has contributed... Almost every single Bones ever. Uh-huh. And then we just saw the editor of Bones. Uh, she just passed by the Radio <laughs> 1 window. Hello, Erin. We love you and we're talking about your magazine. Shout outs to Erin. <laughs> she the best. Um, and so you're almost the same. I mean, I've seen your work in almost every single Bones. Almost every single Bones, yeah. And I've done a variety of writing for Bones. Mm. There's been some interview pieces, I don't know, a couple, mostly poetry, and then a couple interview pieces. And then one time I was supposed to write an article about um sorry brain i was supposed to write an article about uh something that i went to during the young writers festival and then it just turned into a poem (laughs) (laughs) everything just turns into poetry yeah and then i was like i'm sorry i I thought i could do that but again but then i did write something that was kind of an article but was just actually a really long prose poem but i was just like no one's gonna know that So as I said, resident poet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and what do you use bones for? Because some people use it as an outlet. Would you say that you use it as an outlet? Uh, I would say that I use poetry as an outlet. Okay. And so in that way, yeah, no, I would use I To me, bones is a home. It's bones for me as a home, not only because of the generosity of Erin and what she chooses to print mm-hmm. and what and the how comfortable I feel sending my work to the magazine but mm-hmm. it's also a home because of everybody else who lives on the pages and one of the things that I love most about Bones uh, dear listeners if you haven't yet noticed this keep a lookout for it uh, we're always freakishly on theme with each other yep mm. yeah <laughs> and I don't know if you've talked about this on Debone before but I feel like every single issue we you know we're never intending to write for a theme but everyone's articles end up relating to each other and not even just in those loose tenuous ways where yeah. you know it's your brain making patterns it's like a legitimate spooky thing that i think we're all semi-psychically connected yeah and that makes bones really feel like a a home instead of just an outlet i mean 
I think the other thing to mention is it's not the same people writing from Bones every time, which mm. makes it even spookier. Mm. Yeah. We have yeah. a lot of new contributors coming through right now, actually. Yeah. We have, I believe, we have two contributors in this issue. By the way, this is issue 12 from mid-May 2018. Um, I think we have two brand new contributors who have never contributed to Bones before. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because that's really important to get new and fresh voices coming through the magazine. Oh, yeah. Also, anybody out there, uh, and I've had so many conversations with people like this, but if you want to write for Bones, like, it's, it, it says it in every single editorial. Yeah. Just do it. It's like bones at r1.co.nz That's right, yeah. and write for it. And I've had a lot of conversations with people where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of want to write for bones. Or they'll say they, that they do writing. And I'm like, well, send it to bones. And they're like, but I'm not good enough or I don't know what I would write about. And that's the thing that I think makes bones such a special, special cultural collection mm. is that you don't have to write about anything, yeah. you know, like. You, it's just people essentially like writing about their experiences and the way that I've best heard it described to me is as a shared diary in fact I might have described it that way myself yeah so shout out to me for coining that term <laughs> um, but yeah I really think of Bones as a shared diary and I think that's something that makes it one of the most special collections of writing that I've ever come across yeah no totally mm. agree it's also it does not matter your gender your sexuality what you want to talk about um, as we've seen in particular in the last issue that we saw, but in a few issues before as well, um, there are some really touchy topics that mm. get published as well, um, which is another you know, show of Erin's generosity by publishing yep. yeah, some of these really sure. important articles that might not they might not have a home anywhere else these kind of mm. these kind of issues. Um, and I won't touch on the issue in particular, but in the last uh, issue of Bones, there was one article which was, you know, there were trigger warnings surrounding it, and the person that contributed this article was incredibly brave mm-hmm. in um, contributing what they did. So, in saying that Bones isn't just an outlet for creativity, it's actually a, an outlet for sometimes trauma that people yeah. have gone through. Yeah, um, sure. And in saying that, I'm just going to flick to your poem for a second from this Speaking issue. Speaking of trauma. Speaking of trauma, welcome, Eliana. Have, have you heard the poetry of Eliana Gray? <laughs> because I have very few other subject matters. <laughs> so tell us a wee bit more about the poem this week. Uh, so this poem is one I wrote it last week. <laughs> Great, actually. Yeah, it's fresh, um, and it came out of a panic attack, (laughs) which actually, funnily enough, now that I've gotten, it's only been in sort of the last year, Mm. but now it's like every time I have a panic attack, I usually end up getting like at least one really good song or poem out of it, so that's just a nice thing in my life. does make good art. Yeah, well, it can. It can. It can. Mm -hmm. It can. I mean, I think it always makes very valid, beautiful art, and Mm -hmm. I always definitely connect with art that's about trauma because that's my whole jam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's talk about this poem. Actually, before we do that, can we have a reading of the poem (gasps) from you? We can. It's it's not long, so let's just have it from the poet herself, resident poet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, welcome, friends. Let's talk about my feelings. There's always something to be worried about. I move in a series of bursts, track the bile slowly working its way up my throat, pick the sting from behind my eyes, embedded in my stomach, recycle the reasons I can't eat. I'm too anxious. I feel nauseous. I'm sitting on the floor. 
I've stared at the sun every day I was born, pushed myself again and again into the harsh rays like oncoming traffic. Fun fact. I used to walk past cars without being flattened on the asphalt. Fun fact. I've been learning how to see nothing but the back of your head. There was a night we went to a party. Dark mist pushing down the dance floor, songs and drinks flattened on the asphalt. Sticky situations streaked all down the hall. We're having fun. Taking grainy pictures, your hand on the wine bottle, your hand on my hand. After, in bed without you. I've been learning how to punish myself with pictures. I've been forgetting how to be alone. I felt things. Yeah! <laughs> I had feelings. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask you, the flattened on the ash felt that is um, repeated twice in the poem. Mm-hmm. What is that symbolic of? Or what is... I really <laughs> want to re- know. It's really literal. Uh, also, brief content warning for suicidal ideation. If that's going to trigger you, I suggest don't listen. Just cover your ears for the next, like, minute. Cool. Um, but a big thing for me is that, like, one of the sort of self-harming behaviors that, like, cycles around in my head is just, like, imagining, like, walking into traffic if mm, I'm okay. ha- having, like, a particularly, like, like, bad mental health time. So what that is referencing is I was just kind of reflecting on the fact that I didn't used to always have those thoughts. You know, I used to be able to walk down the street without, you know, looking at cars and imagining getting run over by them or imagining walking into the road mm-hmm. um so i guess that was kind of a, of that it, I, it was just me reflecting on that because i've been thinking recently about kind of how far i've come in my own healing and how that's come out uh in my behaviors a lot of my behaviors have changed yeah like you know not imagine well you know I don't imagine getting flattened by cars as much as I used to. Everybody, I'm okay. <laughs> um, but then, and then the reason I wanted to repeat that is because, to me, the imagery of being at a party and having a really difficult time, and you stay there because you don't want to go home, you don't know where else to be, you want to be with people, but you want to be alone, and the idea of the whole party getting kind of streaked out like an accident Mm. Mm. to me that makes I'm not sure if I'm explaining it clearly but to me it makes very a huge image and like a very emotive to me that just seems like a metaphor for so many parties that I've been to that they've been flattened out on the asphalt and streaked all down the hallway and like painted up against the walls and it's everybody's sweat and their feelings Mm. and their tears and their worries because I think this is one of the things I find so interesting about house parties is that they're this you know fun ooh we're just like having this crazy time aren't we young and free look at us been drinking and you know (laughs) snapping photos for the gram or whatever but I feel like there's been so many times of my life where I've had really really difficult times at house parties and I've gone there because I've needed an outlet and I needed that to be my outlet and I feel like it's been the same for a lot of other people and Mm. then you kind of have the situation where it's everyone having their own isolated experiences of struggle Mm. and then we come together at a place get really inebriated and then just kind of like blow shit all blow things (laughs) all over the room together yeah yeah I didn't yeah, I didn't expect it to be so literal. <laughs> it's really literal. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And and Raph, was there anything in this poem that you wanted to comment on or um, ask about? 
it just read really well. It's honestly brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, I really enjoyed <laughs> just, it. Just compliments yeah. from the side yeah, like, of the room. And like the last line, it's a good way to sort of finish it off because that's something that people definitely struggle with is like learning how to be okay with just yourself and how it, you can lose that so easily when you commit to someone for such a long period of time. Yeah. So what this was something that's interesting about that, and I the reason I wanted to end the poem with that line mm. is because what this... I mean, obviously, the panic attack didn't eventuate just from this, but something that I was getting very anxious about mm. before I wrote this was I always struggle with this feeling of feeling... I have a lot of friends, but I feel incredibly alone so much of the time. Mm. Um, and this was one of those nights where... And these nights happen quite often for me, where there'll be something happen happening with my friends, there'll be, like, a party that I feel like I should go to because I feel lonely, but then because I feel lonely, it makes it really difficult to leave the house. Mm. Uh, mm. And I'm actually very good at being alone. Like, I really enjoy my company. I'm a pretty hardcore introvert. I don't really leave the house unless I have to. And so then going out to parties and doing social things is one of the ways I try and push the anxiety that can come from some of my introversion. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so I guess that was basically the inspiration for it, is kind of what I'm saying. Oh yeah, cool. And in terms of your progression from when you wrote for that negative one issue, all the way, it feels like years ago now. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> um, how do you think that your poetry and your submissions have progressed from that time? Uh, to me, I think the biggest thing that I've gained from the experience of writing for Bones is that it just gave me something to write regularly for again other than myself yeah. because I, and I think that's a really good creative motivator like I'm constantly writing and I do write all the time but one of the reasons that I do things you know like making chat books and self-publishing is to give myself motivation to write because I feel like the more I write the more I write and mm -hmm. so Bones has been really beneficial in that way just because it's like Erin has this huge backlog of emails for me where I'm just like <laughs> sending her a poem kind of like every day being like, oh no, this one would be great for Bones. Oh, this one would be great for Bones. And if Bones didn't exist, I definitely would not be writing that much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that, actually. It's just the motivation to write once mm. every two weeks and have no you know and you're confident that it will be published yep. and I understand that that's not the case for for some people who have either submitted to Bones or another publication you know within the Dunedin area um, but also the great thing about Erin is if she doesn't publish it she'll come back to you with feedback yeah. and tell you you know how you could improve it so that it is at a level where she feels comfortable publishing it and mm. you should also feel comfortable publishing it yeah. which is another thing that we don't get very often down here so that's yeah, a huge advantage um, for writing for Bones. I'm just trying to sell it to people. I mean, <laughs> please write for Bones. <laughs> also, Bones is just the best. Like, if you're not reading it, you're <laughs> really missing out. I'm super <laughs> sorry. But it's actually, I cry every single issue because the writing is so good and so funny. It's every single issue of Bones, I crack up in hysterics and I cry. Yeah. And yeah. for a small, for like a magazine with a run of 100 coming out of Dunedin, like, that's huge. Just the talent that is contained within these pages is mm. absolutely mind-blowing every single time. Bones Forever. Bones, Bones Forever. forever. Yeah. Speaking of talent, though, oh, are you familiar with the band Jaggers and Lions? I, uh, <laughs> I, I may have heard of them. <laughs> we actually have half of Jaggers and Lions in the studio right now. We're going to go to a wee bit of a music break. It is, of course, May, which is NZ Music Month. We're going to have your newest single, Problem Drinking. Uh, yeah. Do you know it? 
Um, I've never heard of before. Could you sing along to the lyrics <laughs> if I dared you to? I 100% will do that. You know I will. <laughs> We're going to come back after this song. Keep it locked on Radio 191 FM. Problem drinking, jaggers and lines. We're having a wee boogie yeah. in the studio to that one. Who was that? Who was who's jaggers and lines? Who's jaggers, jaggers and lines? Before. What song is that? It's that so cool. Sound I like the new so Dunedin much. sound. <laughs> we Never don't play that on the station. Never heard it before. All right, you are tuned into Deboned, which is where we have a wee spectrum of Bones magazine, which is released fortnightly out of the Radio One studios. The very first, actually, no, I'll briefly mention the editorial because this is very important. Mm -hmm. You you don't just contribute words to Bones, you can also contribute your artwork. Indeed. Oh, amazing artwork. Yeah, yeah. And um, Miriam, is it Bueller? Is that Yeah, Miriam Bueller. Bueller. Um, She has contributed the cover artwork for this week. Uh, It's not just the cover, though. There is always a free poster in the middle. Bones is not stapled, which is great, by Mm -hmm. the way. Great for the environment. And also, you don't have to rip your posters when you're getting them out of your magazine. Um, So there's a beautiful poster in the middle as well. It's all Rizo printed. So it's like getting a free piece of art to put on your walls. Also, I would just like to mention something that I think is really important about Miriam. Okay. Not only is she an excellent sub-editor, it briefly mentions this in the editorial that she also makes music, but I wanted to expand on that because it's something that not a lot of people know, but she's actually made one of the best albums to ever come out of Dunedin, in my personal opinion. Okay. Uh, You can look it up on Bandcamp. It's just under her name, Miriam Bueller, or maybe just under Miriam, but she's released, like, two to three albums. And it's like Joanna Newsom level amazing. I had no idea that she made music until she I has read this, the editorial. She has this mellifluous voice. She plays the piano like a beast. Her lyrics are incredible. It blows my mind. And it's just like, she just released it mm, probably about three years ago. She just did a wow. couple of releases and just totally under the radar. Nobody knows about it. And I'm like, you, you wow. should be mega famous and we should be listening to this all the time. So have a look, Miriam, up on SoundCloud. Yeah, you think it's just on, first it's on Bandcamp. Bandcamp, sorry. Miriam. And one of the albums is called Coast, I believe. Coast, okay. Yeah. That's one to look out for. I had no idea it's when I read that. It's incredible. Okay, well, we'll have a look at that later on. We might play a track later on in Wednesday Drive. The very first article in Bones this week is from the lovely Lisa Blakey. Consistent, amazing work from Lisa. Um, but Raf, this article is something you know quite a lot about so I'm gonna give you the spotlight for a second Um, it's not dangerous (laughs) (laughs) well first of all um, I congratulate Lisa on another brilliant article this was fantastic Um, it talks about the new video that we've all seen because it's been number one on trending for YouTube for as long as I can remember Mm -hmm. the new Charles Gambino song this is America which we actually played earlier and if you haven't seen the music video shame on you go watch the music video who are you if you haven't watched it 
yeah. where have you been? Do you even have YouTube Red? <laughs> um, uh, it's a brilliant video that um, is a comment on the state of America today and the treatment of African American people, but it goes a lot deeper than that with incredible references. It's so memorable, and in Lisa's own words, it was the first music video to make her gasp in a very long time. It made me gasp as well. It was mm-hmm. just like Jesus. And then she goes from talking about this quite brilliantly to then talking about the inevitable whiteness that is going to attend the Kendrick Lamar concert yeah. in July. Yeah. You got some thoughts about that? I saw you raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, have thoughts about that. I have tickets and thoughts. Yeah, yes. I mean, we do we as well. We all have tickets. Yeah. We all have tickets and we are all of, I mean, do we all identify as Pakeha yes. in this yeah. room? Like, pa- that, yeah. that is what we are. Couldn't be whiter, to be yeah. <laughs> You're very British over in the corner. <laughs> um, so what did she detail in particular? So the classic uh, thing she detailed was, when you're at a concert and you hear the N-word being said, of course you think, oh, well, it's a song that I should sing along to and I don't want to miss a lyric because that shows I'm not committed to the artist. So I will drop the N-bomb as well, which is a sign of respect and solidarity with this man of Compton um, which is disgusting and horrible but she does it in such a brilliant way and then she of Lisa course Lisa mentions it in a brilliant way yeah. she doesn't do it <laughs> she doesn't yeah. she's saying don't do it she's exactly. saying don't do it yeah um, and after that she goes on to talk about that it's not just the historical context of the word but also in his songs the context which is further strengthened by people assuming that swimming pools is about how you should get drunk and pissed on a Friday night where that was it's really interesting yeah. horrific problem drinking problem drinking <laughs> yeah. familiar with um, that over here uh, that, um, and people just don't seem to understand the context so again we're going to be experiencing a lot of people that just think that Kendrick Lamar is a big creator of bangers that have no meaning or yeah. context in general um, but if you listen to his earlier works, especially to Pimper Butterfly, you know that his comment on American culture is as biting as the video, This Is America. Can I make a quick interjection? Of course. Uh, so Lisa's article, obviously amazing. The takeaway from it that I just want to say on air, in case we have any lovely listeners who make the weird decision to not read Bones. Yeah. <laughs> First Strange. of all, yeah, what are you doing? Um, but secondly, just... If you're not a person of color, and specifically, like, if you're not black, like, that word is not for you. You don't get to say it, so just don't. If you're going to the Kendra concert, don't do not do that there. Be mindful of the fact that you are a white person taking up space in a place where a black man is creating art that is very radical and very political Mm. and is speaking out against white supremacy so it would be really really messed up if you went and enacted white supremacy in any way just ever but like also particularly at this concert so if you don't know like what that means for your behavior do a like google search yeah. a lot of information will come up for you really quickly well, Lisa mentions that she was at Coachella and she just sang the songs and just didn't say the words that easy it is, yeah. that, it is that easy and yeah. she was inebriated as well so yeah. <laughs> you can still do it even when your conscience is not completely there yeah, there's, no exactly. there's, there's no excuse there's no excuse yeah <laughs> To move on um, a little bit quickly because we went into that in some detail. Sorry. but No, no, but thank you, Raph, because you are the expert on this kind of thing. On the issues, I don't mean on the actual content itself, but on the issues surrounding it. Um, we have a brand new contributor. Her name is Pippi. Um, she contributed a short story uh, going under the section title of Anyone. All of the sections, by the way, have the word one in them. <laughs> Crazy. Also, I'm super... I just want to give a shout out to Pippi for choosing the word anyone because I'm really surprised no one's chosen that before but it's great 
Yeah, right? it's one word. It um, one. It's a really sweet short story that doesn't really go anywhere. Like, it doesn't mm. have a resolution by mm. the end of it, but there's something so charming about that. And also, first short story in Bones. Yeah. Which is no great. First contribution, full stop. Yeah, no, but first contribution, but also no one has ever written a short story for Bones before. Um, I think Jess Thompson has before. Oh, yeah, yeah no, yeah, she has. She has a wee while ago. It's okay. <laughs> Fact checked. <Yeah. laughs> Who's the bigger Bones fan? Uh, it's, it's Wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, to go into the magazine a little bit more, we have this. I mean, this got me because this is too relatable. And this is, it's interesting because I think um, this contributor, Wyatt and I, are both the same age. And I think we are both the youngest contributors for Bones. We're both 19 years old. Um, everyone else is a bit more wise and a bit more... How about wise? <laughs> we got more years. We got more years. Raph, you've only just turned 20, but you're still wiser than I am, so I'm giving that to you today. Um, but Wyatt was just talking about when you have that one big X in your life. Of course, everyone has that one person who you had a really intense and perhaps long relationship with, or just intense, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a long period of time. Um, but everyone has that one person. And he was talking about his one person, but not in, not in any sort of detail, and, and nothing's given away about them. Um, but how he he doesn't like the fact that social media doesn't let you let go of your history in some sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. this everlasting bonds to the to your history or what you've been through in the past. Um, and he said, which was a conscious decision, he went into his ex's Instagram account and saw that they were married. And he's 19, so I, I can't imagine that they are, you yeah. know, of a, I'm, I'm sure it's a similar age. So mm. that's quite quite young to be that's getting married. Um, and he was just shocked and he didn't really know how to process this. Uh, and I think maybe could have taken it out and kind of almost blamed it, but then he brought it right back to him that it was a conscious decision that he had made, but Mm. did sort of blame it on the fact that social media, um, it is, you know, it's always going to be a way to delve into your past, and it's really quite unhealthy for people to go back to Yes, thoughts, thoughts from the corner. Yeah, Ellie's raising her hand again. (laughs) Uh, Because I have a caveat to this. I found this article really really interesting and a take on social media from a young voice that I hadn't heard before but just kind of on the other side of thinking about social media as this sort of tomb or archive and not being able to let go of stuff I 100% understand that in the application which why it's talking about it but I recently had an experience that sort of showed me the opposite okay. of this um, and it was a friend of mine recently passed away and I hadn't seen him in years he was one of my he was like my big ex like okay. we were gonna get like married and move to like a farm in rural Canterbury when I was like 18 <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> yeah we had like life plans and so obviously he's a very important person in my life mm. he's then passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly and that's when I realized that because when we were together, you know, I smartphones weren't really a thing. They mm. weren't a part of my life. I didn't, I don't have any photos of us together. Yeah. And so I went through all of his Facebook photos and it was really affirming and just really nice to be able to see him and know that I, that those would always be there and mm. that I would have a because like I didn't have an archive of my own for him you know and I have everything that's in my head and my heart but 
I was really appreciative of the fact that in that way, social media does preserve things. Mm. 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 I'm so sorry to hear about that, but that is a really good take. And I'm sure if Wyatt hears this at any point, that could be an interesting conversation that you guys have together. Maybe I'll write a poem about it. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. This is how Bones works. We, We kind of all... I mean, I'm just about to get into this. This is a really good segue into my article from yeah, this week. Yeah. Um, but we all kind of bounce ideas off each other in some kind of capacity. And this happens when on the last episode of Debones... Thank you. It's, it's an episode. It's episodic. We should it's an yeah, episode. It's an yeah, episode. It's, it ends up being quite long every single day. We have a lot to say. We have a lot of feelings. A lot to say. Also, Bones is great. I could talk about this for, like, hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Three-hour Wednesday drive where it's just Bones content and no music. Get ready for Fortnite. <laughs> um... We had Lisa Blakey on the last episode of Deboned. I'm calling it that now. Yes. It's not a slip of the tongue anymore. That's what yes. it is. Um, and we were just having a chat, as we are now, and I just mentioned that, you know, sometimes in Dunedin, and it seems a lot more prevalent in Dunedin than in other places I have been, lived, mm. travelled, uh, people just yell stuff out of their cars at you. Yeah. Why do you do that? Stop doing that. I hate it. Because they have the right. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. So she mentioned that, and then all of a sudden, because it hasn't just happened to Lisa and I, it's happened to Raph as well. Mm. So that spans genders as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just men yelling out at women. Um, it was actually we were both together when we got yelled at. <laughs> We were from a car, you know. It's it's this yeah. instance. You're where the other nerd. I am the other nerd. Hey. Raph is the other nerd. Really was, I mean, we are nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were both wearing our glasses, and they just saw us, and they're like, "Easy prey." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we look weak? Do we look like we have brittle bones? We didn't make it hard. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's not that's not the it's important takeaway from not this. An excuse. Um, so actually I shouldn't just talk about myself for ages. What did you guys think when you read this? Is this an instance <laughs> this is that bloody, this is yeah. I'm raising my hand again because I have an interjection. I think what's really important about what you've just said, Waveney, is this is another thing that I love about Bones. This is just gonna be like the <laughs> Ellie talks about how much she loves Bones hour. <laughs> yeah. But the way in which it does become we've created our own community with the Bones writers. Mm. And so we do all feed off what each other writes. And I think this is one of something that's really important in terms of like building cultural communities in places like Dunedin. I think publications like Bones for that are hubs because they're hubs of thought and they're hubs of creativity and it means that we all get to feed off each other idea each other's ideas. Like yeah. mm. definitely just reading Bones has influenced the writing that I've submitted to Bones, which is I feel like what you were saying about your article this week. Mm. Um and as far as thoughts that I have on your article, one I really like that it's <laughs> shouted out to Deboned. And <laughs> I think we should also quickly talk about the fact that this is a conversation me and Waveney were having in the song break. Uh, the Bones community isn't just Bones contributors. The Bones readership is a huge yeah. part of the Bones community. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this because I feel like this is what you're saying in your article. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, sure. But people who are a part of the readership or who have something to say about content in Bones could also come on Deboned. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will talk to anyone on this. If you engage with the magazine, that all this segment is about is engaging with the magazine. That's all it's about. And it's unfortunate that it's only you know every second week we could even start to have it every week if we're having enough people wanting to yeah. talk about bones agreed um but that is a fantastic idea and the readership is just 
as important as the mm-hmm. people that submit. It's a two-way relationship. It's a two-way street. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. And that is why I went on the wee bit of a tangent about the Debone segment because I want people that read it to know that there's another outlet and it's not just reading, it's not just publishing if you're a good talker, even if you're not. Even mm. if you just have opinions and you want to have a chat, this is the place to do it about Bones. Um, yeah, because Bones is an open space for feelings. Yeah, it <laughs> really is. And Deboned is also an open space for feelings. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> totally true. Um, and at the end, just to round that off, I made a wee list. I love a good you, list. You do like I love list. to write a good list. And I wrote a list of things that you can yell from your car window that don't instill fear can in I, others. Can, we, I, can I yell them at you now? Yeah, sure, but not too loud because don't scare me. I can do it like it's coming from like a distance, like it's coming from a car. Okay, okay. I have a dog in the car. And it seems to really like you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Your carbon footprint must be really small. Thanks, I'm walking instead of driving. <laughs> I noticed your shoelace was untied. Don't trip. That's so kind. <laughs> That's so kind. <laughs> Chris Cross chips are $2 on Tuesday. That was a bit of a shout out to you because you. you were the one that alerted me to that. Anyway. <laughs> But it's very important. The crisscross strips are amazing. They are. They're, they're really, good. really good. And if someone yelled that out non Night and day, do you want to sponsor us, please? <laughs> <laughs> the DeBose sponsored, sponsored by Night and Day. No, sponsored by $2 Tuesday crisscross chips. Yeah. From Night and Day. Okay. Both the sad part. So it's, we don't know when we're going to get crisscross chips for $2 again. Now it's something else now. <laughs> You're an expert. <laughs> an academic on the I savings the at Night and Day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just had to turn it around because I don't like to seem like I'm whining in Bones ever. I don't know. That's a thing that I feel. I don't want to seem like I'm having a whinge about things Provide all the time. An can, alternative. can we talk about that for a second though? Yeah, sure. Why do you not feel comfortable to have a whinge? I think that's my own personality coming through there. I don't like to... Be, I've never published anything in Bones that is actually personal to mm-hmm. me. So you you go back and you'll see I've written about my hands and how they're small and mm-hmm. it's hilarious and my feet and, and all this kind of and cultural capital and all this kind of stuff. But you'll notice that none of it really pertains to me. Like it's all very separate from myself because I don't want anything published that is extremely personal because I am I'm just personally I'm a believer in like in a few years down the track I don't want to regret anything that is published and mm-hmm. that I decided when I was younger and making silly decisions. Um, so that's just me from a like trying to be mature standpoint and also just <laughs> as a, a personality I'm I'm closed off and now I've just said that on air so that's great <laughs> everyone that listens now know, but you know but we still like you yeah. <laughs> you're but pretty I, great don't worry thank, thanks Raph I really <laughs> needed that um, but I just am closed off as a person and so I don't feel comfortable saying exactly what I feel especially in print so if I even get remotely close to being personal I feel like I'm whinging and that's uh, just something okay. for me and yep. not for a lot of the other contributors who are much braver than I am and do contribute whole parts of themselves. I have another question that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Just to quickly uh. derail <laughs> the spectruming again. I just think that this is potentially a very interesting conversation. When we were talking about me coming on to the show today, Waveney mentioned to me that the poem that I ha- that is in this issue of Bones is one of the ones that she has connected with the most of mine. Yeah. And she was saying that she's found some of the other ones that I've written in the past difficult to connect with, which is uh, something that I know a lot of other people have found as well. Yeah. And from- I think Raph found it that way as well this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And yeah, I- this one speaks to me more. And I just wanted to, if you guys want to, I just wanted to have a conversation about that because I think it's really interesting the ways in which people 
react to poetry and then also I think particularly like the stuff I write about like a lot of times is really painful and really confronting mm. which I know has been a barrier to people like some people are afraid like I've even had people tell me that they're like afraid of my poems because yeah, they're like, like, a, like too painful like a howl and caddish kind of situation like a bit too yeah forward. like yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 like it's it's too it's too the trauma is like too on the surface or yeah. you know too intense which makes sense to me because that stuff is really scary. Yeah, yeah. And I guess because I don't write with audience response in mind. Yeah. I just wondered if you guys had any, like... Yeah, thoughts? we can have a really brief conversation. Yeah. Because we have been talking for a really long period oh. of time. And I hope you aren't getting bored by what we're talking about. Um, I just have... I think my problem with engaging with some of your previous poetry is I haven't been through the types of trauma that you mm. were talking about, whether that is because of still, you know, not having as much life experience or just haven't been in the same situations as you and and doing the same things. Um, so that was my problem. There was also sort of a metaphorical barrier where on occasion and we weren't, you know, close or any kind, so I, I couldn't just ask you what you were talking about. Mm. Um, I didn't engage with it because it wasn't literal enough and I didn't understand what was going on. Um, but with this one, it is not it's not entirely literal, but it's more literal, as mm. you said before. Mm. Um, and I actually have been through some of the things that yeah. you are, are mentioning in yeah. this poem. And, you know, I don't want to say what things specifically, but it was just super easy to engage with one part of the poem in particular, where all of a sudden it jumped down and it was like, whoa, that's how I feel too. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's for me, that's why I could engage with this and not with previous poetry that you've written. What about you, Raph? For me, is that my the poetry that I've read in my life up until about last year was all massively comedic. Like, I love Carol Ann Duffy and, like, The World's Wife, yeah. like, the more comedic mm. poetry. So when I read poetry that's quite confronting, because I haven't experienced it before, it's a bit more like, oh, okay, I'll have to read between the lines a bit more, which is fair. But then I read some of the poets that were kind of a bit more serious, um, but I still connect with sort of the parts that are a bit more whimsical. So although yeah. it's really serious, when you've written, like, fun fact, like, I used to walk past cars that have flattened on asphalt, like, I just immediately was able to connect with that and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. Like, yeah. this is nice, this is a nice, like... Because all the poem is still serious, you've added a bit, so it makes it easier for me to connect with it. Yeah. I like that, that was cool. Yeah, so but, I think those were the barriers of engagement that we had with previous poems. Just to quickly wrap that up, yeah. I just find that 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 I find that interesting. That's, and that's the feedback that I was interested in hearing because I think that I'm I'm always interested because I don't write with audience response in mind. Yeah, and because I'm writing things that are very personal, I often don't ha I can't have any objectivity about how the poem reads to other people yeah. and yeah. like whether people understand what it's about very literally because for me obviously they seem very literal because yeah, I've course, been through them course, yeah. but then you know so I'm never sure like does this you know is this just like a giant bundle of metaphors that people are maybe understanding in sometimes in I can't many unravel it at all <laughs> yeah. sometimes I read it three four seven eight ten twenty times and I'm like I still don't understand what has happened here so I'm just gonna like move on from it like that was something that you experience and that I can't experience because mm. I cannot comprehend what you've said but mm. I believe that some people may read those poems and comprehend it because they oh I mean and they, they definitely they do it. I think this is just something that's so interesting about poetry is the ways in which like 
the po- the poetry that I think people gen- genuinely connect to the most is when you see your own experience with any art. When you see your own experience mirrored, you feel very connected yeah. to it. Yeah. And I just think it's interesting how, as the artist, you can not have really any idea sometimes how that's going to play out with the readership. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, we have been talking, we've been yarning for quite some time. This has been a very long Deboned segment. Um, Deboned, every second week, uh, Bones is released on the morning of every second Wednesday. So we have the hot take on Bones every Wednesday on Wednesday Drive. It usually plays around 6pm. It can kind of differ, but it's always around the 6pm mark. Hope you've been interested in this conversation that we've had today. And thank you to lovely Eliana Gray for joining so us on the show. Thank you, Wave and Rav. Everybody read Read Bones. Read Bones. Write for Bones. Write for Bones. bones. Contribute to Bones. It's up in Radio 1. Come and grab one. It's also in all of the cool cafes around town Mm -hmm. and the vape shops (laughs) and everything else. (laughs) Also, and come on to Boned. And come on to Boned. I don't care who you are. I want to talk to you. (laughs) I don't care who you are or what you have to say. If you have something to say about Bones, I would love to hear from you. Just get in touch at bones at r1.co.nz. All right.